0: Are you ready for the word i really felt stirred by this this morning pastor ruth hit hit the scripture about that he sent his word to heal us and then it says that he that he sent his word to deliver us from destruction and the and then this morning i was reminded that it says when we call upon the lord that he'll answer us and so today you're here calling upon the lord you're looking for a word from the lord and then I want to remind you of the power of the word as it comes towards you today. That when the Lord spoke to Moses and told Moses, like, open the Red Sea, and the enemy was trailing behind them, and they got through, and then he said, Now I want you to stretch your hand back over, and the enemy was defeated. The power of God's word to defeat your enemy not just to let them swim around in the water and get to the other side and then you think, when are they coming back? But to completely destroy the enemy. And the word of God and the power of God's word this morning will destroy your enemy. That it will never surface again and never live and never breathe again, completely gone. Isn't that powerful? To think that the word of God delivers you from destruction. So whatever you're facing, whatever giant it looks like, whatever thing it is that you could put in front of you this morning, it's defeated when the word of God is spoken to you. So God, we stir our hearts and we open the door this morning and we thank you that your word is powerful and effective and living. And we ask that it would release the destruction of our enemies today. That our enemies will no longer surface, that they will no longer be following us, that they're going to be completely destroyed as your word is spoken to us this morning, that we can go in freedom and joy and celebration from this house. We thank you, God, that there is victory in Jesus today through the power of your word. And we rejoice as we receive your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. amen.
1: Wow. She should preach. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. This. Amen. I'm glad to be back, too. It said, <clears throat> I want to explore an idea with you this morning. For the last three or four weeks, I've been meditating on this idea of being nourished by the Word. Think about that for a second. Nourished by the Word. So when I got a Bible concordance out, I looked up the word nourished to see what I could find. And I only found the word twice in the Bible. I didn't even know if I'd find it once, but I found it twice in the Bible. And only one time was it in that sense of being nourished by the word. And so that was in 1 Timothy 4, chapter 4, verse 6. It says, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished in the words of faith and of good doctrine and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. And so I thought, well, just exactly what is he saying here? So I looked at the background of the verse and in the fourth chapter of, of 1 Timothy, Paul is warning the people about false teachers. He said, and it's interesting because the verse comes out and he says, he doesn't say, I want to warn you about false teachers. He says, the spirit expressly says this to you. The Spirit is expressly warning you against false teachers. And, oh man, that's a pretty serious statement if the Spirit, if you put it in there, the Spirit expressly said this. Because they're going to come, he said. They're going to come. And <clears throat> these false teachers, they're going to come and just just to give you a little bit of background about the false teachers in this there's going to be four characteristics of these false teachers. First one is they're going to depart from the faith. It says it's that they're going to come from the church itself. Talking about people that were preachers or teachers or leaders in the church that are going to become false teachers. Is this echoing? Okay. Second one is that false teachers are going to follow deceiving spirits and the teaching of devils. They're going to they're gonna listen to what the enemy is saying and they're going to teach that. And they're going to know that they're doing that. Third, they're going to be hypocritical liars. <laughs> Not teaching what Scripture says, but what they want it to say. And the fourth is that they're going to have their conscience seared from guilt. Cauterized, they're going to become hard to the truth. And these false teachers are going to teach just... So Paul's preparing him. He's saying, because of that, because these false teachers are going to come, I want you to be careful. I want you to take great pains to instruct the believers about these false teachers. And he says, he says, a good minister will do all that he can do in any way to warn his people about these false teachers. So I thought, well, I'm going to find out then, what does the word nourish mean in the dictionary? And I looked in the Greek dictionary, I looked in the English dictionary. In the Greek dictionary, it was pretty simple. It means to be trained in or to be nourished in. That was pretty simple. In the English dictionary, there's a lot more definition there. And it says, it's to provide food or other substance necessary for growth, for health, or good condition. Or to keep from feeling, or to keep a feeling or a belief in one's mind for a long time. To feed, to provide, or sustain. And then the fourth definition in the Bible was kind of interesting to me because it sounded more like a list of synonyms. But it said to promote, to foster, to encourage, to stimulate, to nurture, to boost, to further, advance, forward, contribute to, be conducive to assist, help, cultivate, strengthen, enrich, cherish, harbor, nurse, keep in one's mind, entertain, maintain, sustain, hold, or to have. That was was what the fourth definition said. I thought, wow, that's a list. All those things is what nurture means. At least one of them applies to us. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished, it says. nourish in the words of faith. Nourish in the words of faith. And it's interesting. It's, it's in the Greek, the, the, um, it has the the in front of faith. The faith. The faith. The, faith. the, the specific truths of the Bible. In fact, the Greek idea, has the idea of that, of constantly nourishing yourself constantly letting the Word of God do all of those things. If I read that list again, promote, foster, and so on and so forth. I don't want to read it all. Let the Word of God do that in your life. Let the Word of God equip you, nourish you, feed on the Word, nourish yourself. Uh, Well, that's good. A good diet makes for a good Christian, Right? Like Paul says a little bit later in 2 Timothy 2.15, he said, Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who rightly divides the word of truth. Then in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he says, You must continue in the things you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, that from your childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Because all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. All scripture is doing that, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So then after the word nourish, I kinda of got an idea of nourish, then it says that you should be nourished in the words of faith and good doctrine. The words of faith, the contents of our belief. The only place that that phrase is found in the Bible, and it's what Timothy is charged to do. Be careful that you that you that your nourishing comes from the Bible. So many times we get nourishment from all kinds of sources. If you think about all those words that nourishing means, it covers every every aspect of your life. But our nourishment needs to come from the Bible. Needs to come from the Bible. I know that God's word is sufficient. One word from him can change a nation. His word is from everlasting to everlasting. The entrance of his word gives light. The incorruptible incorruptible seed. We are born again by the incorruptible seed, the word of God. Luke 4.4 says, Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's the food of faith food of faith so I want to ask you a very serious question how many of you how many of us really believe the word of God truly really believe it it's easy to quote the Bible we can say uh, verse after verse but it's more important to believe it than to quote it it's very easy for me to quote now we are all the sons of God but it's more important for me to know that I am a son of God. Maybe we quote, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. First John 4.4 4. We can even say the scripture from where it's found. But brother, is it so? Hmm. Can demons remain in your presence? You have to be greater than Demons. Disease can stay in your midst when you're in fellowship with God, you have to be greater than disease. Can anything in the world stand against you and resist you? It needs to be a fact, a reality in your heart that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Have faith that what he says is true, and dare to act on that truth. You see, Christians have been translated out of the stream of human thought and reason into the kingdom of His dear Son. Everything about Jesus, His whole life, is a miracle. And it's not in the realm of human reason, but it's in the realm of the miraculous. Christianity is not the product of human reasoning. It's a miracle. It's a product of divine intervention in our lives. Christians are those who have been born from above. They have been recreated. The life of God comes into our spirit nature and it dominates so that the reason that we think is not what we live by, but we live by the mind of Christ. We think God's thoughts and we live in God's realm of miracles. When a Christian tries to live in the realm of reason, he stops living in God's realm and starts living in the realm of the enemy. We belong to the miraculous, supernatural realm. Every Christian is a miracle. Christ was a miracle, and every Christian is a miracle. Every answer to prayer is a miracle. God's just doing miracles all over the place. The power of Christianity in the world is a miraculous power. God, help us realize that we're part of a miraculous power. I'm persuaded that if we are if we are filled with his words then the Holy Spirit can move in us with his life, with his words until where as Jesus is was, so are we in the world we are receiving our life from God and from his word and the whole of our nature can live in harmony with God when we're filled with the Holy Spirit we won't allow the word of God to be distracted or detracted by what we hear what we see we have to make a decision all the time what am I seeing and what am I hearing or am I believing the word of God when it's in contrast the word has to be first Hmm. we have to live by the word to live by the word is to be moved by it. To live by it is to be so moved by it that we have God's life in us, God's personality in our human bodies. His word is so powerful. I, I want to impart his word in such a way that, that I dare you to act on his word, to, to so breathe the life of God and the power of his word that it makes it impossible for us to live any other way but under his provision because when we come to the place of impossibilities that's the greatest place for us to see the possibilities of God amen Hmm. everything that's evil everything that's unclean everything that's in contrast to God needs to be put, put away we need to live above it not allow it to have any place in our lives Jesus never let the devil answer back to him he told, every time he confronted them, he told them, be quiet we need to come to the place where we don't allow anything to interfere with the word of God in our lives with the purpose of God in our lives one, one day Jesus and his disciples were walking along and they came to a tree it was a fig tree, it looked beautiful it had Beautiful leaves had the appearance of fruit. But when Jesus came to that tree, he found nothing there but leaves. And he was very disappointed. And looking at the tree, he spoke to that tree. And in Mark chapter 11, verse 11, we read his words. And when Jesus was entered into Jerusalem and into the temple, and when he looked around upon all things, and and even died had come, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow when they came from Bethany, he was hungry, And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came. If happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said, No man shall eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard of it. No man shall eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. The next morning when they walked back past that same way, the disciples saw that tree and it dried up from the roots. (laughs) And they said to Jesus, look, the fig tree that you cursed, it withered. And Jesus, it seemed like a strange answer to me, but Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. There isn't a person around that's ever seen a tree that dies from the roots up. Trees, the first sign they show is their leaves start to wither. But Jesus dealt with a natural realm to reveal to them a supernatural truth. If he spoke, the tree would have to obey. And God, the Holy Spirit, wants to understand clearly that we are the mouthpiece of God. And we are here for his divine plan. The word of God must have first place in our lives. It must have first place in any measure that we doubt the word of God from that moment we cease to thrive spiritually we cannot doubt his word the word of God not only, just not, not only does it need to be looked at and read but it needs to be received as the word of God and then it becomes nourishment for our spirit becomes nourishment for us when we read words like Psalm one nineteen eleven, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, or Luke ten nineteen, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Words like that. We have to decide do we accept it or do we reject it? Do we believe it or not? I accept it. I believe it. What about you? It was a word beyond all human calculation. Jesus said, have faith in God. (laughs) And when we receive his word to us, we'll never be the same. If we dare to act on that word as it goes forth from his mouth, we'll never be the same. Looking around him, that Jesus he saw the mountains, and, he, and he was, his purpose was to bring practical application. Truth doesn't mean anything unless it, it moves us, unless it nourishes us. So he says in Luke eleven twenty two, Have faith in God, for verily I say to you, that what whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be removed, and be cast into the sea, and yon shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says, shall come to pass, you will have whatever He says. You believe it? If the Word is in you, and the life of the Son of God is in you, God wants you to believe this reality. That's really what He wants. He wants you to believe that what He says is true. That His Word is true. He said it in 11, 24. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I, I, really, I, I can scarcely take in the truth that's in those verses. Hmm. Believe the word. If I believe in my heart that God says what I begin to speak will come to pass, I'll have what comes to pass. Have faith. It isn't just saying uh, simply have faith. It's a faith that it's it's when one believes in his heart. In first John five four it says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. He that believes overcomes the world. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. He that believes in his heart. Can you imagine anything easier than that? He that believes in his heart. Wow. (laughs) He gives us his word, and his word is enough. It's true and eternal. Believe that when that He took your sins on the cross when He died. Believe that when He was buried, it was for you. Believe that when He arose, it was for you. And at God's right hand, right now, He is sitting there for you. And if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. And God speaks, it's true. And He wants us to believe Him nourish ourselves continuously nourish ourselves in his word so many times we seek people seek or we seek to point at all the errors the imperfections the things that are allowable in Christianity but we don't very often look to the heights of the gospel to the limitless promises of God to see what God's doing to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ it says in Ephesians, we seldom even mention it, much less demonstrate it. But, brother, that ought to be so. Believe his word. Believe his word. Believe his word. One last verse I want to share with you in 1 Peter chapter 1, 23 and following. It says, For through the eternal. And living word of God. The eternal and living word of God. You have been born again. And this seed. That he planted within you. Can never be destroyed. That's pretty powerful. God put his word in you. And it can never be destroyed. It says. But it will live and grow inside of you forever. Wow. That just. Just. It tells my heart to read that verse. And then verse 24 says, Human beings are frail and temporary like grass. The glory of man is fleeting like the blossoms in the field. The grass dies and withers and the flowers fall off. But verse 25 says, The word of God, the word of the Lord endures forever. His word stands forever. And that is the word that was announced to you. That's what he says to us his word and so verse one of chapter two it says so abandon every form of evil every deceit hypocrisy feelings of jealousy and slander and in the same way that nursing infants cry for milk that that's the unadulterated milk of the word that nourishment of the word contains like an antibiotic Against those things, hypocrisy and deceit and evil, it contains what we need for growth. It says you must. In, going on in the verse says you must intensely crave that spiritual milk of God's word. Hmm. That pure milk, that pure spiritual word—it's the sustaining power of God's word. Coming from His very breast, as it were, to nourish us and to strengthen our inner being. For in going on in the verses, for this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong in life. His word fully nourishes and strengthens us. Verse three, especially now that you have you have had a taste of the goodness of the Lord Jehovah. And experience his kindness. Wow. Stand with me. Constantly nourish yourself every day on the living word. Let his living word stir your heart. Let his living word provide nourishment for your soul. Let his living word be everything to you first place above everything else it's so easy sometimes to look at this and that and the next thing and forget his word but we cannot do that his word must be the nourishment of our soul his living word and we need to constantly allow him to nourish us with it For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. Especially now that you have had a taste of the goodness of the Lord and experienced His kindness. Father, we thank You today for Your Word. So powerful. Your Word is so true. Lord, we want your word to be first in our lives. We want your word to be first in our lives. Lord, we want your word to be first. Let the simplicity and the purity of Your Word permeate our beings, Lord. Let Your Word be first. Lord, today we ask that we could constantly nourish ourselves in your word. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hand in your heart this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name.